Welcome to another edition of the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. Uh, I hope that you're having a blessed morning or evening or whatever time of day it is, you know, and you know, wherever in the world you're uh, from. Today, we want to be, uh, or, or excuse me, we're going to be reading from the first six verses of John 15, where Jesus talks about the uh, vine and the branches and uh, the subject of uh, fruit bearing. Uh, before we get into that, I want to say that I hope that this program is in some way a blessing to you all. Uh, I know it's a blessing to me because it's a chance for me to get deeper into the Word, you know, and to pray and ask the Lord to show me His Word and what He and what He is trying to say. Uh, and I hope that it is also a blessing in my life, uh, in that I can apply this Word to my own life, and hopefully people will see. Uh, his life, his vitality, his word living in me so that they can also be influenced uh, for him. And if you're not, if you think that you're not blessed, you know, if you're, if you belong to the Lord, you know, I hope that, that you realize that you are blessed no matter how bad you might feel. There is a blessing somewhere in there, a uh, silver lining behind the clouds. So, um, I just pray that he will help you to see that. So today we will read, uh, we're going to go ahead and just read through the first six verses here in the 15th chapter of John. So turn to John 15 and we will read now that uh, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So, wow, that's a pretty profound statement. You know, so we will uh, look at the first uh, two verses. You know, here we see what is an analogy, an agricultural analogy, you know, uh, I might want to add an ancient analogy agricultural analogy uh, from what I understand of the methods that were used at the time you know a branch would at times uh, be on the ground and in this state it could not bear fruit because you know I've, I've done gardening before you know if a plant's on the ground it's going to get diseases it's going to get germs it's you know it's not going to be a productive uh and useful uh, plant, it is going to uh, not bear anything that's usable. So what the farmer or the viticulturalist or the vine keeper would do is they would raise the vine up so that it would be lifted up off of the ground. And in that state, it would be enabled to bear fruit. So that branch that was not bearing fruit, it would be lifted up. I know a lot of, uh, there's a huge 
debate over the word here. I, I can't, I'm not even sure how to correctly pronounce it, but it's something like Ario. Uh, it's an ancient uh, Greek word, you know, uh, take away, or it, it can mean to take away or to lift up. And that is, uh, and I think in the context here, the proper uh, meaning is going to be to lift up. And, it, and, to, and I'm thinking that it also could be translated as take away, as in like take away from the ground, possibly. Because um, a vine keeper would not want to uh, throw away a valuable part of the plant. You know, he would want to uh, keep that plant. He would, or excuse me, he would want to raise that up and so that he could get fruit from it. Excuse me. I had to take a short break there. Uh, and then, you know, the branches that bear fruit will be purged to bear even more fruit. This is where uh, we get our modern word, catharsis. You know, it's like a pruning of sorts, you know. Uh, um, these things, you know, in, uh, in our lives, you know, we have things that uh, will need to be pruned. And, you know, this can hurt. You know, it might be a sinful habit that we have, you know, uh, an addiction or whatever. And, uh, or we might have a devotion, you know, or we might be placing too much emphasis on uh, something in our lives, even though that thing in of itself is not uh, sinful. And sometimes the Lord will take these things out of our lives you know, or it might could very well be that somebody has uh, an ego problem, or they uh, or they need to be humble, or just whatever you know. And he might allow some kind of affliction to come upon them, you know, something that will put them in their place. You know, not to, not out of vengeance or anger, but as to but so as to uh, enable them to get to where they need to be spiritually. And it could be other things. And. This is very true. You know, if you not if you are not a real Christian, then you won't have this pruning in your life. A true Christian has pruning in their lives. It might take a while. You know, some things take years, even for uh, them to be removed from our lives. And uh, going down to verse three, um, I think the main thing here is Christ was telling. His apostles that they were already clean, that they were saved. Uh, he said, "You are already clean through the word which I have spoken to you." Uh, this could be a comparison, perhaps, to false Christians. You know, some people who think that they're Christians but they're really not, and uh, you know that's what some people say. And and in another context, I would agree with that. You know, there are false Christians, unfortunately, people who think that they're saved and they're not. So they are not clean. Judas was an example of that. You know, Judas was not a true Christian. Jesus himself said that. Uh, you know, Jesus was washing feet, you know, the feet of the uh, apostles. And Peter said, Lord, you don't need to wash my feet. And Jesus said that you are all clean, but not all of you. Whoever is clean only needs to wash their feet. 
So Peter and the rest of the apostles, except for Judas, were truly bathed. They were clean. So, but I think that there may be stronger evidence that uh, it is an encouragement to them and not just a reassurance that they were dead, that that they were uh, dead. You know, it's like an insure. It's like an, he was telling them that they're not dead branches. They're not dead branches. You know, they are branches that are actually connected to him. So, excuse me for just a second. The Christian who is uh, on the ground, you know, taking on dirt, you know, the Father will lift them up so that they can progress. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, this is what happens when we get down in the dirt. You know, our, our feet get dirty. Uh, Jesus says that our feet need to be washed. And so this is part of what happens when uh, we are cleansed. We go through a catharsis. This stuff gets washed off. The dirt gets washed off, the mud and whatever else. So these are now supported because it's like they've gone from being a fallen, you know, a fallen down Christian to being one that is elevated and raised up off of the ground. And so now they can be fruitful once again. Uh, verse 4 is, to me, it's saying that we are to emphasize maintaining our closeness with Christ, you know, and that uh, that depends on us holding to him. We are, are clinging, we are supposed to cling to Christ, you know, we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to study, we're supposed to seek uh, sanctification. That You know, there's a sanctification that uh, happens to us when we are saved. We're once saved and our sins are forgiven once and for all, but there is also the sanctification that occurs, you know, that has to occur on a daily basis because we live in an evil world, you know, we, uh, we're tempted by all sorts of things and sometimes, you know, our, our feet get dirty and so we have to cling to him, we have to pray for, you know, we have to pray and confess our sins. That is staying close to him. And we need to listen to him. Verse 5. You know, this is the same as verse 4. So, you know, and so it's being said again for emphasis. It is, you know, and he's saying that apart from him, apart from Christ, we cannot bear fruit. You know, if you're out there living in the world as a Christian, you're not going to be a very good witness for him. You're not going to bear fruit that the world can see. The world is going to see you more as a more of a more as a person who is one of them. There, you're not going to be able to come up to somebody and start talking about Christ necessarily and uh, have a huge witness, or have a huge impact on them because you're going to be kind of living the way that they are. But through Him, we can bear much fruit if we maintain our fellowship with Him. You know, if we're if we strive every day to try to do what He wants us to do, people are going to notice it. They're going to notice that fruit that is uh, a product of the spirit that's working in you. You know, he's, you know, he, hey, he's taking me away from things that I was hooked on for many years. And it was stuff that I didn't really think that I would ever be able to be free from. But through a lot of pain and suffering, you know, or, or what I felt to be pain and suffering, 
uh, he took these things away from me, and now I'm so much better than what I was before. And it's not through any effort of my own that I got that way. It's because of the effort and the love that he showed towards me and put in towards me that I was able to bear that fruit. Verse 6 now. A man, you know, you know, it's talking about a man who does not, who does not have a close relationship with Christ, you know, and that person is not much used to him. He is like a field, you know, we see this in Hebrews uh, 6, I think it's uh, somewhere at verses 4 through 9, actually, uh, or maybe 12, that it's, you know, a field is burned, a field that has borne no good uh, crops for the Lord to use. It's, it says it's not in the cursing, and it is rejected. You know, it's not approved. You know, the product is not approved. And so this is what uh, Jesus Jesus is referring to here when he talks about the branch that is cast into the fire. That branch is not useful to him because it hasn't borne any fruit. You know, it's like it's burned up. The believer himself is still a Christian, is still saved, but he doesn't have anything to show for it. So when he gets before Christ, you know, Jesus is going to have some words to say to him, and they're not going to be nice. It's not going to be, depart from me, I never knew you, but it's going to be some kind of a stern rebuke. You know, and that's as... You know, it's like the Bible says, you know, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So his word is going to pierce whoever has not done what they're supposed to do. That belongs to him. And again, you know, I want to close this by saying that this passage is much debated. You know, there's a lot of debate over this passage, which I don't have time to cover here. Um... And honestly, one thing that comes to my mind when studying this passage is the word that Christ spoke when he declared in John 6 that no one who comes to him would be uh, cast away or rejected. He says in no wise, and, and in the ancient Greek from what I've read, this is like saying no, absolutely not. Under any circumstance will anyone who comes to me be rejected. This is about the strongest possible way that he could have worded it. It means absolutely under no circumstances would he ever turn away or reject anybody who came to him. So a believer, even a weak one who does not seem to bear fruit, will will not be cut off. You know, it's and I think that's an important concept to remember when studying this passage. Jesus said in John six, you can go look it up yourself, he says that I will in no wise cast off or reject or turn away anybody who comes to me and when you remember that i think it kind of helps to bring this passage more into its correct uh you know you get to see it more in the correct uh content uh context so i want to close here with a prayer uh dear lord father if there's anybody listening to this who is not saved i pray first and foremost that they would come to you your son, that they would turn away from their unbelief and just come to you and have your son's blood just cleanse them from their unbelief and their sin. That's the most important thing. If there's anybody out there who is listening to this who needs to be lifted up off of the ground and have the dirt and mud washed off of them, I pray that this would be the day that they would allow you to do that. 
And if not, then, you know, if this isn't the day itself, then maybe this will be kind of a seed. A seed will be planted. So um, I pray for this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.